Hello, my whizzes, and welcome to episode 221 of the Food Biz Whiz podcast. In today's show, I'm answering your submitted questions around the fourth quarter in retail, and we're looking ahead to 2024 when wholesale buyers are moving past the holidays and are finally considering new products for their shelves again. We're talking about whether or not you should give gifts to your favorite accounts, how to position your pricing and promotions for January and what to do to get prepared in 2024. I'm ready to answer our listener questions, so let's get right into it. I'm Allie Ball, former grocery buyer and retail store manager turned wholesale consultant. In my role on the retail floor, I saw delicious, values-driven brands fail on our shelves simply because they didn't understand the behind the scenes of wholesale. I created the Food Biz Whiz podcast to give you hard-to-access insight from my career in the food industry and the tools and strategies to help you succeed on retail shelves. If you're a committed food founder who's looking to create and grow a packaged products business that positively impacts our food system, puts wealth back into your own hands, and employs members of your local community, you have found the right podcast. Let's do this. One of my favorite things to do on Retail Ready Live calls is to put on my buyer hat and coach founders from being awkward sales robots to being smooth, confident, articulate salespeople for their brands. Join me inside of Retail Ready before December 1st and get your free ticket to Pitch Perfect, our live bonus practice session on December 13th. In this training, we'll perfect your sales pitch and ensure you are ready to get those hell yeses from new accounts come January without the awkwardness and the sweaty palms. We are adding in this extra coaching session with me for those who join our fourth quarter cohort. Join Retail Ready now and you'll get your invite to Pitch Perfect. And if your pitch isn't quite perfect, you'll know exactly what to change in the next few weeks. Find the Retail Ready information and sign up page directly in our show notes, and you'll automatically receive your $200 ticket to Pitch Perfect when you complete your enrollment. See you there. All right, my whizzes, we are back with another FAQ episode. I love this type of episode because I can give really quick advice to get you moving in the right direction this season. Today's episode is going to be focused around questions that you asked this season. And just by reading the submitted questions, I can tell what's on your mind. You're thinking about wrapping up Q4 on a high note, nurturing your existing accounts, and feeling prepared as we move forward towards January. Before I jump into the FAQs, I want to give you a heads up on what's coming up for the rest of the year with us here on the podcast. Next week is Thanksgiving here in the U.S., so we'll be publishing a short episode a day early on Wednesday, November 22nd, instead of the next day, the holiday itself, because we are we're purposefully doing this so my team and I can have extra time off during that holiday week and so that you hear our Thanksgiving message to you. We are so thankful for our Food Biz Whiz listeners and community, and we're going to invite you to do something special and free that's going to set the tone for your entire 2024 with us. I'm giving you all the details plus your free invitation in that quick Thanksgiving episode, so make sure you tune in next week. From there, we're going to end the year with a few episodes on goal setting for 2024. You'll hear an episode with my retail predictions for the year ahead, and even a guest episode or two from some of my favorite retail ready students who are building businesses on their 
own terms and who are leading by example for you. I'm really, really excited for the remainder of the year's episodes, and I hope that you will join for each of those. Okay, all right, on to our rapid fire FAQs. Here's the first one. The holidays are here. They are coming. Should I do gifts or thank yous for my retail accounts? And if so, do you have any good ideas on what to give them? Okay. So here's what I want to, I want to be super clear here that this is not required. You can opt out if you, if this just sounds like a big old, you know, pain in the butt, one more thing on your to-do list, just opt out. There is no obligation for you to do thank you gifts for your key wholesale accounts. However, know that some brands do, and it can be a really nice way, again, to stay top of mind with those wholesale partnerships and as a way of saying thank you for continued support. Some stores, some accounts do have very strict no gifts policy. So just be aware of that. If you're working with bigger retailers or bigger wholesale accounts, some accounts do have those no gift policies. Employees like literally cannot take gifts from you. Okay. I also think that a seasonal greeting card and a heartfelt handwritten thank you can be just as effective as a gift. And remember, gifts don't have to be expensive to be effective here. So if you are going to do gifts, I would encourage you to think about things that the recipient is actually going to use rather than more just branded junk that ends up in the landfill. I mean, think about all the corporate swag that you've likely gotten along the way. (laughs) So much of it just gets tossed out. So please be mindful as you think about physical gifts. I mean, this is obvious, but I can't tell you how many oversized neon green t-shirts and stress balls (laughs) that I received over the years when I was a buyer none of which lasted on my grocery desk for more than a few hours. So if you are going to do gifts, remember, know your audience and make sure that it is something that's thoughtful rather than just more crap. Okay. If you're thinking about grocery stocking teams, I'm going to give you a couple ideas, um, all of which I've seen done really well. I'll link up some of these resources in the show notes for you. But first off, I love branded box cutters. The really small flat ones, they're like four inches by one inch and literally just like a couple, like maybe an eighth of an inch thick or so. They're as thin as like a heavy piece of cardboard and they fit perfectly inside of a stocker's pocket. And again, here's where we go back to knowing your audience. A stocking team is cutting open boxes all day, every day. Opening boxes, they use box cutters all the time. They always go missing. (laughs) And so a branded slim fitting box cutter is a really thoughtful gift that is like a dollar a box cutter. Other things that I've seen worked really well. I just, I was just telling this story on a call the other day. I we had an ice cream brand give us really high quality cooler gloves like freezer gloves years and years ago. I mean gosh, this was probably 14 or 15 years ago at this point and I I was in Byrite, you know where I used to be a buyer. 
just a couple of weeks ago and saw someone still using the freezer gloves from like a decade and a half ago. So that ice cream brand, I'm going to tell you, is long gone. They are not in existence anymore. But I just thought that that was such a thoughtful gift because if you've ever worked in the fridge or the freezer in retail, you know how how cold it is and how uh, how much high quality gloves are appreciated. So I really love that. And again, bringing like raising brand awareness by having them super branded. And then lastly, branded Sharpies. We would always run out of Sharpies and pens. And I know again, like how basic can you get, but a branded Sharpie in retail is so helpful. And again, I'm, I just want to encourage you here to think about something that doesn't just contribute to waste. Maybe you're not doing something physical. Maybe you're doing a $10 gift card to the coffee shop down the street. Maybe you're bringing a canned cocktail with a heartfelt thank you note or fresh baked cookies or a fruit basket or chocolate, right? I mean, I've said this before, but I remember one year, a founder who I had gotten to know like really, really well dropped me off a pre-batched, a pre-mixed Negroni in a little glass ball jar. This was way back, way before canned cocktails were a thing. And they dropped it off for me with a little, a sweet little note on the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. I had probably worked, you know, (laughs) 60 hours already in that work week uh, leading up to the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, pulling some overnights and really, really tough time, tough week, the Super Bowl week of grocery. And that founder knew my cocktail of choice and left it for me on right as I was getting off my shift on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And to this day, it is the best gift that I have ever gotten as a grocery buyer. And I still keep in touch with that food founder. And then last thing I'll say is that the gift of your time is always fantastic. So maybe say yes to doing a demo around the holidays or offer to stock your products directly on shelf when you drop off your products next time. I mean, obviously make sure to check back stock and rotate correctly. You don't want to be the reason why there is misrotation <laughs> on their shelves. Or maybe you're lending a hand clearing deliveries or breaking down cardboard or tidying up if you've got that sort of relationship. Staffing is tight around the holidays. And I know that we're really going to see a pinch this coming season. So lending a hand, giving your time can can be the most valuable gift that you can give. So in conclusion, should you give gifts? Totally up to you. What should they be? Totally up to you. It can be as simple as a handwritten note. It can be an e-card. It can be a gift certificate to coffee. It can be a fresh batch of cookies. It can be a Sharpie. It can be a box cutter. It can be whatever the heck you want, as long as it's something that resonates with your audience. If you can't, if you don't have the bandwidth, the time, the budget, the desire to do it, just skip it. Okay, next question. Ali, I'm thinking ahead to pitching in January. Is is there a minimum margin a buyer needs or likes to see? Okay, You're going to hate this response, but I say it all the time. It depends. It depends on your channel, whether you're going traditional retail, whether you're doing food service, whether you're doing e-com, luxury, gift stores, convenience, you know, all of that. It depends on your channel and it depends on your category. Someone who makes 
toffee is looking at a very different margin than someone who makes milk, (laughs) right? One is a staple where folks are a little bit more or a lot more price sensitive. And one is, you know, the toffee, we'll say, is a luxury item. So again, it depends on channel and category. Typically, you guys know that I typically talk about grocery. Typically, grocery wants about a 40% margin. But again, that varies based on category and based on the store. Specialty and gift stores can want closer to a 50% margin. We have seen many, many stores, especially nowadays as things are getting tighter and tighter, that more and more stores are specialty stores and gift stores, right? The stores that maybe aren't food focused, but they've got a little section of like foodie gifts in there wanting closer to 50% margin. So when I was a grocery buyer, I would never, ever, ever drop below a 33% margin. That was the lowest that I would go. And again, it was for basics like bread, milk, eggs, things where shoppers are really, really price sensitive. Of course, if we were doing sales or like certain promotions and stuff, maybe there's wiggle room. But just like, you know, if it were the everyday price, I would not go below 33%. And that was extremely rare. So this is where I get pushback and and my listeners might be thinking, okay, Allie, well, you say it depends. So how do I know? How do I know what margin that buyer wants? Here's what you do. You ask the buyer. It is all part of the negotiation process. Simply saying something like, hey, Julie, my suggested retail price gives you a 39% margin. Does that hit your category goals? That is the most straightforward way to have that conversation. You simply ask. You'll get better and better at having those margin conversations as you are more experienced in those sales conversations. But at the beginning, especially if you are going direct, especially if you are pursuing smaller stores where you are literally having the back and forth with that buyer, just ask them. That is a totally appropriate conversation to have. Okay, next question. Can I require a store to sell my product at a particular price? All right. Simply put, not really. No, I see brands who try to require both a minimum or a maximum retail price, and it is really hard to enforce. So on the minimum pricing side, sometimes you'll hear this referred as your MAP, M-A-P, minimum advertised price. And that is when you tell a retailer the minimum that they can sell your product for. So I typically see this as a bigger challenge with e-commerce as third-party online sellers basically have this race to the bottom on price, and they're trying to win shoppers over with discounts and lower price tags. So they'll often, you know, they're going lower, 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 lower. And you as the retailer might be like, "Mm, nope, too low. Like we do not want our product sold for XYZ price, right? Why do you, why do you care? Why is this something that you would want to consider? Often you want to keep your brand integrity, especially if you're a premium product and you want to keep an image of being of a certain quality, right? So you don't want your advertised price on other retailers to fall below a specific amount. So how do you do it? How do you do it if you're concerned about this? And let me just say, the person who submitted this question, um, here's my tough love. I don't think that this is going to be a problem for you. 
<laughs> so I very rarely see brands who actually have to enforce this. So if you're here listening on the other end and you're like, okay, Allie, like, uh, uh, oh God, one more thing to worry about. Let me just tell you that this is pretty rare and I don't think that most of you have to worry about this. Okay, so how do you do it? If you are like, yes, Allie, we have this problem. So first, you can set expectations about your map minimum advertised price when you onboard with a new account. So have it clearly outlined in your sell sheet, your price list, your new vendor paperwork. I mean, usually a conversation around this is all that you need with that buyer to make sure that you are on the same page about expectations of your brand and how you price your products. So typically your map would be similar to your own direct-to-consumer price and being upfront about why this is important to you and your relationship with your consumer can be helpful so the buyer understands the why behind your request. And secondly, at the end of the day, the only way that you can require or hold that buyer or that vendor accountable to your map is to stop selling to them if they refuse to honor your minimum advertised price. I haven't seen any legal way to enforce your map, although I'm sure you could go out and get a contract in place that would require a new, and you could try to require new accounts to meet it. But then again, I think it would be hard to get the new accounts to sign that document. And then taking legal action to try to get an account to adjust their pricing seems like a really expensive headache and likely would just end up with their discontinuing your product line anyways. Okay, so all in all, this is not something that most people have to worry about. If you are wasting your time worrying about minimum advertised price, it's, again, it's probably a waste of time here. But again, what might be happening happening on the other side is that they're selling your product at a price that is just too high. And again, You can't do much about this besides using data to convince them otherwise. So let's say you've got an account that's selling you at $14.99, but you know through your own experience and your past sales that you sell, let's say 15% more when you are priced at $13.99, a dollar less than they are pricing you at. I want you to share that data with your retailer. Of course, if you are encouraging that buyer to sell you at $13.99, but then you don't have any wiggle room to help that buyer still hit their margin goals at the lower price, that's a harder conversation, right? You need to bring something to the table as well. Okay, so long story short, you cannot you cannot enforce your pricing in any sort of easy way. Like we don't sign contracts in the same way in, in wholesale That's just not something that we do. So the best thing that you can do is have a conversation with that buyer and be willing to talk to them about the why behind your pricing. Okay, a couple more questions here. Next up, what would be an appropriate introduction promo to new buyers? Okay, so this is you are pitching a new account, right? And you have likely heard me talk about this before, having some sort of introductory offer. So I've got lots of thoughts on promotions. We talk about this a lot inside of Retail Ready. So let me give you my three high-level tips. Number one, it has to work for your brand and it has to work for your own financials. I could, again, tell you exactly what to offer, but if it doesn't work for you when you run the numbers, don't follow my advice. My blind advice there, right? So instead, I want to flip this question back on you. And I would ask you, 
what you can afford to offer for an introductory promo, right? There's your answer. And then that leads me to my second point. Typically, when I ask people this, I'll hear that you have no budget for promos or that it's really tight or really limited. And let me give you just my, you know, my general response on that. If you have no budget to do any sort of promotion, it is time to rethink that. You are only going to get so far if you have zero budget. So I want you to go rework your numbers and find a budget. Of course, if you don't want to pursue bigger retail, you want to stick with more manageable channels like small independent stores, this isn't as big of a concern. But as you sell into chains or bigger stores, you have got to find some sort of budget, right? And I... I hate this, right? This is one of the things that I hate about grocery, particularly like bigger grocery. There is a pay-to-play aspect of it. And there are, yes, there are ways that we can do it that feel more aligned with our values. Yes, we we have the ability to say no when accounts want us to do that. I've seen many successful brands negotiate out of things like free fills and slotting fees and things like that. But again, If you have zero budget, it's going to make it really tough in the long run. And again, here's where I'm I'm not even saying budget for things like free fills, but a budget for a sale. What if it's your what if it's the season where your shoppers are most likely to want to use your product and you don't even have a budget to do a 50 cent discount, right? That's the type of budget that I'm looking for here. So I want you to go out and find that budget, rework the numbers and figure out where you can get it. And then lastly, my third point here, if you truly do not have a budget, you're like, Allie, I can't, (laughs) no cash left. I want you to rethink what the budget might look like right? It doesn't have to be cash. What else can you offer? It's all about the partnership here. So the tough love that you need to hear right now is that recipe cards and shelf talkers aren't necessarily going to cut it here, especially as you pursue larger accounts. So maybe you provide samples. Can you do strategic demos? Can you come in for a staff training? Can you create social media and digital marketing assets? And if so, what are they? I mean, it's not, again, it's not just a recipe card next to your product on the shelf, although that can work in addition to other things. But really thinking about if you have zero cash to offer on a promo, what else can you do for those wholesale accounts? It goes back to figuring out what works best for your brand, both from a financial point of view and, you know, with those other things like your case counts, your category expectations, your relationships with that buyer. But beyond that, if you've got the budget, you could consider doing, like I said, free fills, guaranteed sales, 20% off intro offer for a limited time. You know, you could do staff education. You could donate to a a staff event. We used to have a coffee company that would donate to our all-team meetings. And I loved it. Of course, that was the coffee brand that I then would go out and recommend, you know, on the sales floor two hours later. So again, if you are in retail ready, come and talk this out on a one-on-one clarity with call with Charlie in a group strategy call or inside our student community. There is a lot of nuance to this, to your promotional strategy, and we want to help you figure out what works for you. All right. 
think this is our last question here. What is going to set me up for success in 2024? Okay, this is a big one. This was, a, I saw this came in, come in and I knew I wanted to answer it because it's a big question. So I'm going to keep it, I'm going to, I'm going to speak from the heart here. Here are the two things I'm going to say. What is going to set you up for success in 2024? It is planning and rest. (laughs) So I'll get on my soapbox a little bit about this. But if anyone were to ask me my best advice on prepping for the new year, six weeks ahead of time, I would say it's this. It's about finding the balance between keeping up momentum, planning, and prepping for January, even if that's super slow momentum, and getting in rest. So let's talk about both of them. So first up, that planning. If you are planning on pitching to new wholesale accounts in 2024, know that January is the prime time to do it. With a little bit of forward thinking, you can slowly make progress on your pitch strategy so that you're ready to roll come early 2024. This means fine-tuning your sales pitch and your pipeline, updating your sell sheet, designing your price list, figuring out that promo strategy that we just talked about. These are all things that you want to think about now so you don't wake up on January 1st feeling behind the ball. And this is where I think about inertia versus momentum. So inertia, the de- the dictionary definition is that inertia is a tendency to do nothing or to remain unchanged. You're stuck. You're at a standstill. There is no movement. Momentum, on the other hand, means strength or force gained by motion or by a series of events. You are in motion. It is so much easier to wake up in January and feel like you are just about ready to go out and start pitching again because of the momentum that you have kept up over the next few weeks, rather than trying to get all that motivation to get moving from a standstill. I'm sure you've been there before, right? Getting up the energy to start can feel so much harder than taking a step forward once you've already got momentum. Now, I want to be clear on something. Momentum doesn't mean fast. It doesn't mean speedy necessarily. You can have slow momentum, staying in motion, but at a super slow, plodding along pace. That is great. And that's the pace at which I invite many of you to take during this holiday season as the days shift and our bodies have that natural desire to slow down. Let's respect that. And that brings me to success step number two, the rest. I think about rest a lot. And apparently so do a lot of you. I did an Instagram post a few weeks ago asking if we need to talk about it more in the entrepreneurial space. And so many of you said yes. And that makes me so excited because it's a topic that's on my mind almost daily. So rest, setting yourself up for success in 2024 by recognizing that prioritizing rest, even when you think you can't, or that you're too busy to do it, or that your holiday travel or your family time is going to get in the way of it. Prioritizing rest is often the missing piece to success. Rest can be a 90-second pause between meetings. Rest can be doing a five-minute 
power nap on the floor of your office. That's my key move. (laughs) Rest can be choosing to sit in the sunshine for 10 minutes, observing your surroundings instead of scrolling on your phone while your kids are playing in the background. Your goals, your dreams, your creative thinking, your inspiration, your joy comes from rest. A rested entrepreneur is far, far more likely to change the world than a burnt out, spun out, scrambling founder. Rest is one of my values, and we have built it into our company culture at Food Biz Wiz. I'll talk more about that in a future podcast episode or on another platform. You can stay tuned for that. And we've taken the next step to build it into Retail Ready during this busy season. That's why we're giving folks an extra, extra time in Retail Ready when you join us this season. So we don't want our new students to worry about the holidays, your upcoming family vacation, the busy season, your extra production shifts, or frankly, like I said, that normal desire to slow down during the winter because we are giving you a full extra month to work at your own pace through Retail Ready if you join us before December 1st. And don't worry, we've got something special for those who missed that December 1st deadline and join us during the month of December. Of course, we'll take care of you too. So if you join us now in November, that's 33% more time in our program for free. In Retail Ready, This is important to me. We recognize that there are humans behind each business, and we have to care for ourselves as much as we care for our businesses. We need to shift hustle culture in entrepreneurship, and this is how we're living our value of rest, by building it into our program this season. Like I said, we're giving you 33% more time for free so that you can go at a pace that works for you, so that you can keep up your momentum this season and feel really confident as we turn the corner into the new year. So whether you join us inside of Retail Ready or not, I encourage you to recognize when you need to rest this season and give yourself permission to do so. You can't build your business dreams if you are running on fumes. If you're ready to join us inside of Retail Ready, or if you're curious about learning more, I want you to watch our wholesale success system, outlining our three-step framework to growing your packaged products business, which I'll link up in our show notes. There, you're gonna learn the biggest mistakes that I see food founders make as you try to grow. You're gonna get actionable advice that you can put into place right now, and you'll be invited to join our fourth quarter cohort at our 2023 pricing and with that extra 30 days of access. Plus, I've got one more bonus for folks. It's called Pitch Perfect, and you'll hear all about it on the information and enrollment page. Okay, my whizzes. That's a wrap on episode 221. Thank you, as always, for spending your time with me, and I hope that you're already starting to enjoy this seasonal shift. How did this episode land with you? I wanna know. Are you ready to embrace planning and rest for the remainder of the year? Did you need to hear about the minimum and maximum pricing? Were you wondering about holiday gifts? Let me know if you like this FAQ style episode and if you've got a question to submit for a future one. Okay, so I will see you right back here next week for our Thanksgiving mini episode where, like I said, I'm gonna give you a free invite to a live online event with me in early December 
focused on setting the tone for all of 2024. If you love looking ahead, if you love setting intentions for the new year, if you have done goal planning, but it hasn't quite stuck, it's time to shift with me. You're going to love my event in early December. So snag your free spot by listening to next week's podcast episode, and I'll see you there. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for listening to Food Biz Wiz. If you're enjoying this podcast and the tools it gives you for growing your packaged product business, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. From one small business owner to another, I am deeply grateful for your support of this podcast, and I appreciate it when you share it with your fellow food founders, share it on social media, or leave me a review on your listening platform. Ready for more? Find out how we can work together at foodbizwiz.com. I'll see you right back here next week.